Welcome to Now Hear This Entertainment, a podcast for fans of the guests who appear on this show, as well as fans of music in general, and a podcast for musicians, singers, songwriters, artists, entertainers who want to learn more to help them grow in what they're doing. I'm your host, Bruce Wozniak from Now Hear This Incorporated. We do management, promotion, and booking. If you're in entertainment and I can help you in any way, please feel free to get in touch. Check out nhte.net and explore the site. Be sure you are subscribing to this podcast and telling your friends to do so as well. Besides that website, you can also find the show on iTunes, also known as Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, Stitcher Radio, SoundCloud, and TuneIn Radio. Joining me today on the Now Hear This Entertainment guest line from Arizona, my guests are a sister duo who have a single being released to country radio. Already this year, they have performed in Colorado, Arizona, and California. Plus, they will be doing an appearance in Nashville in about a week and a half at CMA Fest. They will also be releasing a new EP soon. The girls each sing, play guitar, and write. You've been hearing a song of theirs entitled One Last Kiss. They previously appeared on this show way back on episode 25 when they were known as the Redheads. So it's my pleasure to welcome back to now hear this entertainment Rhythm Rampage, Britta and Brooke Dodgen. Hey, Bruce. Thank you so much for having us. Absolutely. Yeah. Episode 25 and now 225. (laughs) How cool is that? Well, thanks. Thanks for making time for this. It's, It's great to have you back on. And. First off, of course, we want to have you tell the listeners about the song of yours that we were just playing called One Last Kiss. Well, a friend of ours was getting married and we wanted to write a really nice love song that also would make a man feel good. And so I'm happy with what we came up with. Well, that's different. It's uh, it's also very mindful and, and hats off to you for, for I'll, I'll speak on behalf of the men as I should. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for considering the groom's perspective. <laughs> so was that song actually played at the wedding? Is that the case? They're getting married this summer, and we haven't released any of the music yet. Ah, so okay. You guys okay. got a sneak peek of it. Awesome. Well, an exclusive. We're on the final chosen ones for the EP. Okay. Well, congratulations on the big news. In the intro, I mentioned that Rhythm Rampage is having a single released to country radio. But ladies, go ahead and expand on that. And especially for the benefit of those who are aspiring artists that are listening each week to learn from me and my guests, talk also about how this came to be. What is the song and and where is it going? And then how did you get that opportunity? This whole thing started way back in April 2017. We saw an open submission for a rock management company. And so we submitted a song, and an intern dug it out of the pile and took it to the president. Wow. We got a call from the president, and these are some really big guys. One of them was the co-founder of Virgin Records. One was a manager for Linkin Park. And they saw something in our music, and one song in particular called Let Me Be The One, which we will play for you guys at the end of the podcast. But they asked us if we would take Let Me Be The One and write a whole EP around it. Wow. In that same vibe. And they weren't going to sign us or 
um, they're not a country management. They're a rock management, just all with friendship. They were going to pass it on to a couple friends if we got them a product. So we ran to L.A. back to our producer that had recorded Let Me Be The One. He cleared his schedule for us, fit us in. While we were in L.A. recording, um, I couldn't really practice loud in a hotel room. So we went to a grocery store under a big tree, and I was parked out there, and I was practicing all the high notes because we were going to record the lead vocals tomorrow. And I was singing and singing. And then all of a sudden, there was this big boom. All these acorns from the tree had hit the roof of our car. All at the same time. And we just decided that was pennies from heaven. It was just like a sign. (laughs) It's going to work. We kept some of those acorns. As a souvenir. And then we got it all finished. We gave it to the management, and they really loved it. They passed it on to a couple friends in Nashville, and it created a buzz about the music. Mm. And we were contacted by the A&R of SSM Nashville that he had been introduced to our music, and they would like to release a single to radio. Mm. Outstanding. There's so much that I like about that story. If I can remember all the points, let's see, in no particular order, I like that it was just an open submission, so it wasn't a case of you knew somebody. I I also like the fact that it's kind of the payoff after all the years of perseverance, all the hard work that the two of you have put in. And I also like the kindness and the open-mindedness of the person that you said just would decide, I'm going to pass this along to my friends. So those are just really, really positive reinforcements for those who are listening that are kind of at that point where they're beating their head against the wall and they're saying, you know, I'm not seeing the results yet. And, and I actually wrote a blog about this, listeners, if you click into the blog section at nhte.net. And I mentioned Rhythm Rampage in there in, in this success story because, ladies, I'm sure you agree, it's it's a great way to kind of celebrate all of the years of hard work that you have put in and that it that it does kind of bring hope. It's not well, Bruce, I'm sorry to tell you, you know, we have a friend of a friend that's a that's a higher up at a record label. Nah. <laughs> because in fact this song is going to be pushed to help me with help me with the numbers here. I, I want to say it's more than a thousand it's going to get released to over a thousand country radio stations in the USA, FM radio stations as well as some European stations. We're going to go international with it. Okay, now, do you... I'm asking this from a naive standpoint. Do you know enough about that process that does it mean guaranteed airplay, or does it just mean it's going to be sent to those stations and it's up to the stations individually to decide if they play it or not? Probably both. You know, there's probably certain stations that are going to play it because they they like our... the people we're working with but um some will just be on if they like that song you know dj do you like that song and depending on where we get the spins is where we're gonna tour yeah yeah well is this uh one of the most exciting developments in your career would you say it's up there man (laughs) top three it's it's incredible we're just over the moon and beyond the stars it's going to be so much fun so much work but we're just going to make it fun crazy time of our lives (laughs) awesome awesome 
I want to ask something else here that can also serve as a teaching moment for those same listeners that I just referred to who are singers, songwriters, artists, entertainers. I mentioned in the intro that the two of you were on this show way back on episode 25 when, instead of Rhythm Rampage, you were known as the Redheads. So whose decision was it to change the name from the Redheads to something else? Uh, You know, why was the decision made? And I guess how tough was it to do all the rebranding? This is something, by the way, listeners, that is not uncommon. In fact, episode 140 of this show was the duo of Shane and Emily, who have just recently changed from going by that to now calling themselves Arbor Season. So Britta and Brooke, what about it? We had just grown as artists, and it seemed like we needed a new name without any of the past negativity. start. And we thought it was time. So did the two of you kind of come to this at the, at the same time, or, or did was it something that one of you felt strongly about and said, you know, we really should change and not go by the redheads anymore? Just t- take me through the evolution of that. I think we both just kind of agreed. It just felt right. It was a very organic thing for us. It just kind of fell happened. into place. Do you think it's a case of the fact that you're sisters that, that make those types of decisions easier to reach than maybe two people? Because Shane and Emily are now husband and wife, so it was probably easy for them to change from Shane and Emily to Arbor Season. But I'm thinking of a duo act where there's no connection between the two. They're just, quote unquote, bandmates. Am I on to something here? Was it probably easier for the two of you to have kind of that cosmic feeling that, hey, you know what? Something's telling me. Yeah, me too. I agree. It's just a matter of what do we want to call ourselves? Yeah, because we were both ready at the same time, so maybe it was. And uh, Rhythm Rampage, did it take you long to come up with that name? Who who thought of it? Where did that come from? Um, it really symbolizes both of us. I'm This is Britta talking, and I'm the rhythm, and Brooke's the rampage. I play rhythm <laughs> guitar. I'm the steady sister. Brooke's our little rampage over here playing the lead guitar. She's our rebel. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Were there were there any other that you were considering or, or was that it the whole way? That's the strongest name, you know, that we just thought identified who we were as a band. And then what about the work involved in both changing it, say, I'm talking about the logistics, like now we have to get a new domain name for our website. Now we have to change all of our social media. And then, of course, the other side is educating your fans and saying, look, we're not going to go by the Redheads anymore. Nothing is changing about who we are. It's just a new a new name for our band, etc. How How much work went into all that? Yeah, we got business cards, called our lawyer immediately and got the trademark. Ah, wow. That wow. was the first. And then the website. And was it warmly received by the fans? Yes, everybody was really great about it. Like, okay, Rhythm Rampage, this is fun. That's awesome. Well, while we're talking about the Redheads on episode 25 of this show, that was July 2014. So the name change aside, what is the difference between where you were as artists back then as compared to now, close to four years later? Well, back on episode 25... We were living in Florida and playing up and down that East Coast. Now, at episode 225, we have played over a thousand shows in 20 states. We are now headliners. We were contacted by the city of Edgewater in Colorado, just outside of Denver, to be the headliner for their festival. It was amazing. There were fireworks, just a great night for us. 
We have lived in California for two years now. And while we were there, um, we got contacted for, by the House of Blues to come play. And it was standing room only. We're- yeah. Plus, what's also um, really cool from episode 25 to 225 is we've become super involved in so many incredible charities. As you know, I was trampled um, by my horse when I was 11, and I had trouble walking for a full year, and I found the healing power of music. So a lot of the charities we've helped involve people who've been in accidents, too, or Mm. were born with a disability. We've helped raise money for custom saddles for those who are disabled to get to ride a horse. We've also helped raise money for fishing rods for paraplegics. And we've been able to support a group that makes free wheelchairs for children. And we're also very passionate about the support for cancer charities. Um, Cancer affects so many people today, and we feel so honored to have played many benefit concerts, especially with a focus on pediatric cancer. Outstanding, outstanding. And that's that's, to me, that's probably the reason why there was this payoff of getting a song released to radio because you have been so giving with your music in terms of not just focusing on we have to get a cut, we have to be on radio, we have to be headliners. You did everything the right way with the right spirit. And in my opinion, it came back to you in the form of this song that's now being released to radio because you were so community minded and so giving and not just all about yourselves and, you know, only having one goal. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Listeners, I want to ask Britta and Brooke about the new music they've been recording, but since I have alluded a couple times already to those of you listening who are performers yourselves, I want to make sure to point out that if you're doing some recording, whether it's just song ideas, whether it's demos, or whether you're doing all-out single, EP, or full album recording, Tascam has a number of solutions for you. Microphones, headphones, audio interfaces, mixers, the list goes on. If you listen regularly and or if you follow the Now Hear This Entertainment Instagram account and you see some of the pictures of gear posted on there that you know that I use in recording and putting the show together, I could very easily be doing music instead of recording interviews, what with all that I have here from them. So check out their full line of recording solutions at Tascam.com. That's T-A-S-C-A-M.com. Ladies, I mentioned back in the intro about some places where you've performed so far in 2018, but bigger picture, you have performed all over. You were just mentioning the numbers uh, all the way down here in Florida, up in Atlanta, even in Illinois. we we What I'm about to ask you, we touched on this a bit on episode 25, but I want to try to come at it from a slightly different perspective. Have you found that that has helped you get more fans in more markets, being face-to-face with them instead of just relying on social media and the internet and music streaming services? I'm, I'm asking that thinking about the indie musician who sits in his or her home market and doesn't perform outside that area at all. And I'm wondering whether he or she should be trying to get on, out on the road a bit more. Absolutely. Yeah, when you play in front of them, they develop a closeness with you and they just connect on a whole nother level. Social media is great, 
but getting to really go out there and experience the local music scene in all those places, it just lets you grow and lets them um, find your music in a whole nother way. We have people repeat, come to the same shows, you know, when we go out to Colorado, we have those fans that will come and we call them our friends. So our friends that we've made through the years are just... And social media keeps us all connected. Mm -hmm. The friendship never fades or it doesn't matter if we're not there for uh, six months and then we come back, we're, we're still always talking and connecting. Well, I love that you said that wherever the single really takes hold, those are the markets that you'll go to to perform. And now what you're saying is in the markets where you've already performed live and started to build up a following, then you'll go back and I don't want to say reward those fan bases, but there will already be a foundation where, yes, the single being on the radio will help. But in those particular markets, you'll know that, trust me, there will already be people waiting for us, even though, yes, our, our song is on the radio now, too. Yeah. yeah, right on. Well, and that has to make you feel like a million bucks because obviously, you know, that that indie artist that I referred to who is sitting at home wondering, should they get out on the road at all? There's obviously, and, and, and you can speak to this, there's obviously a fear about going out on the road for the first time. I mean, outside your local market, because you do wonder, is anyone going to show up, right? I guess, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think that as long as you've kind of laid the groundwork on the, on social media and the internet and you've advertised the show, you can kind of see the type of response you're getting, you know, and where you are creating the right type of thing. Um, if you want to try to go somewhere you haven't been before and you're, you know, tentative on if people would come, I would start out doing music conferences and ah. then grow on to becoming where you're the only act at certain venues. Like, just start smaller if you're worried. Yeah, share the stage. Yeah, share the stage with other artists. With someone who already has a following, and then you can grow from there. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we do get um, messages on Facebook or other social media where it is a band coming to an area where we are and asking if we would like to help them and they could be our opening act and kind of introduce them to the scene. So friendship is a big part of it. Like connect to your fellow musicians. And expand on the idea of a music conference. Just kind of hold my hand through that process of, of leaving your local market, going and playing at a conference. I'm just trying to get the dots connected here as to how that eventually lends itself to, okay, now I'm actually out playing a show at a traditional music venue and not at a conference. Just just explain that bridge that you're suggesting that these folks build. Oftentimes, music conferences will be at local venues, but you will just be playing a smaller set. You know, you won't be playing a three-hour set because they'll have tons of musicians there, but you'll already be exposed to those restaurants, cafes, and as you're bigger, the theaters. And a lot of times the owners will already be there seeing you. Okay. And okay. it'd be very easy to make an introduction okay. with that person or, or the booking agent well, will be there. Being at the music conferences, you get to talk with a lot of other bands. And um, we've never really seen other bands in that, you know, kind of ugly competitive light. I see music as healing and it's a camaraderie. It's an expression of emotions. And if you can connect with your fellow band members, they'll recommend other venues that they're playing in it's a community and 
share share the love. <laughs> well, that's uh, Brooke. That's very encouraging to hear because unfortunately, it does seem like there's. And listeners, I'm sorry if you listen regularly. Thank you, but you know what I'm about to say because I say this a lot. Brooke, unfortunately, there's just way too much of the co word that is competition instead of the co word that is collaboration. So I'm I'm. It's encouraging. I'm I'm. It's refreshing that I'm hearing you say that. That there is that, and 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 now you've both done a really good job of painting this picture for me because when you said a music conference, I pictured musicians sitting in a ballroom setting at a hotel with a speaker up on stage doing some sort of presentation, and you know, and obviously sometimes they'll have showcases at things like that. But now you've done a good job of explaining that no, this is actually getting out mm-hmm. into venues where you could end up getting booked. Something else we found incredibly beneficial in Colorado, they have an organization called Combo. It's the Colorado Music Business Organization, and they have parties for their fellow musicians. They will tell you upcoming gig deadlines. They they help and nurture. They have Grammy parties, so we all go to like a nice theater and watch the Grammys in <laughs> in Denver. I mean, if you can find a local organization like that or an NSAI chapter, you need a community. Um, we attended the Judy Stakey songwriting retreat, and it was so beneficial to us. She nurtures and fosters a community. If you attend one of her um, songwriting events, there is a Facebook page you join, and you meet to everybody who's ever attended. Lifelong friendships. Outstanding. Outstanding. Well, on a related note, one other element that has changed since the two of you were on episode 25 of NHTE is that uh, back then, as you mentioned, you were living over in Orlando. I know that the two of you have actually moved a lot over the years. So are you, I know today you're in Arizona, but you do call California home these days. Are, are are you in California for good now, or could that change again, too, at some point? And, and I guess we should we should have you say why you moved to California. And by the way, for those of you listening and saying they're country artists, why didn't they move to Nashville? I would suggest that you listeners who are thinking that go back and listen to my interview with Heather Jeanette on episode 171 and Chase Miller on episode 89. They are both California-based singer-songwriters in the country genre. So anyhow, ladies, are you in California for good now, or, or could that change again, too, at some point? And as I said, why did you move there? We have gypsy souls. It could change. <laughs> We have done a lot in Nashville. We lived in Georgia for four years, and we would train half the week in Nashville and then go play paying gigs around Georgia. And we did move to Nashville for a six-month period early on when we were working. So we've done tons of stuff with NSEI and the local songwriting and playing in those guitar singer-songwriter rounds and guitar pools and um we were pleasantly surprised when we moved to california that it there is a huge country market here there are cowboys in california (laughs) you think think like all the surfers and you think there are some really cool venues saloons and festivals it's an agricultural an agricultural state so it's just like georgia there's a scene here uh when and why did you move to california we had an opportunity to follow. My dad uh, was working in San Francisco Bay Area, and so that's what first crept us along to be closer to family. We were like, hey, we'll come. We'll, we'll see what's going on in this scene. And then a year after living in the San Francisco Bay Area, we relocated to Los Angeles. And uh, when was that, that initial move to follow your dad? 
Um, mm. We've been here. We've been in California two years. So okay. Okay. Not sure of the exact numbers there. Okay. And listeners, uh, by the way, I just mentioned Chase Miller, episode 89. Uh, he did come back earlier this year, episode 219. He brought his producer, Nikki Barrett. Uh, I interviewed them out at the uh, NAM show in California. But uh, that first one, episode 89 that I mentioned, um, you hear him talk on there just like Heather Jeanette did on 171 about what the girls just said, that there is a place for country artists in California. Okay, now it's time for Bruce's bonus. This is a segment here on Now Hear This Entertainment where I take off my hat as podcast host and put on my hat as president of Now Hear This Incorporated, giving a helpful tip for the listeners that are musicians, singers, songwriters, entertainers who are out there trying hard to make a go of it. Today's bonus is, this is a time management slash social media tip. If you're like me and are not a morning person, you can still be productive when you first get up without having to worry about it being work that you don't want to make a mistake in because you're still sleepy. Set aside that time to focus on building your Twitter or Instagram following by finding similar accounts. It will also help you keep up on what your colleagues are doing so that you can be visible by dropping in compliments or congratulatory type comments on their posts or tweets. Perhaps set a timer and challenge yourself to do a set amount of time on that each morning, and you should see a corresponding uptick in your follower count and hopefully reciprocal engagement. And that is today's Bruce's Bonus. That's really great to know, isn't it? Very helpful, right? Bruce gives out a tip just like that on every episode of this show, and there's an easy way to get all those that he gave out over the first 160 episodes. The ebook series called Bruce's Bonus Book contains four volumes and they're all available for purchase and immediate download at www.brucesbonusbook.com. Order yours now for helpful tips that you can apply to your career right away. Ladies, I mentioned back in the intro that in 10 or so days, you will be making an appearance at CMA Fest in Nashville. Uh, selfishly, I wish you would be there just a couple weeks later since I'll be in Nashville at the end of June for the Summer NAM show. But ladies, tell the listeners specifically when and where you will be at CMA Fest and what you will be doing there. Well, we're going to be at Fanfare X signing autographs at Music City Center. We're going to be there June 9th and June 10th. If you check on our Facebook or our website, we'll have more information about that. It's going to be so much fun. It's going to be at the SSM Nashville booth 121. And is that a ticketed event? How does somebody gain access to that so they can meet you? It's a ticketed event, but it's not very expensive to go have fun and get some autographs from your favorite country artists. Some really cool people are going to be there. And I know that the two of you have been to the CMA Fest before, yes? Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, Having referred to the NAM show makes me think of manufacturers and thus endorsement deals. Ladies, now that you've made this announcement about your song going to country radio, has there been any talk of trying to leverage it to get some companies on board with Rhythm Rampage as sponsors? We need some. (laughs) We're looking into it. It will all just depend on how well the single does. and Riding the wave of the future. (laughs) Well, I'm thinking about this show and the fact that now here, this entertainment hit iTunes top 10, and right away the feeling is, well, this is when you got to go out and get yourself some sponsors, Bruce, and let them know the show just hit top 10. So I was kind of coming from that 
perspective and thinking, well, now that they have a song that's going to country radio, maybe they go to these companies and say, we have a song that's going to country radio. How would you like to join forces with us? You're right. That's a great time for us right now to try that. Uh, but you do you do have a, at least one already, yes? I believe Martin Guitars. Well, we love our Martin Guitars. We we are definitely Martin Guitar Girls. Um, I just love that rich tone when you play. And we chose different woods. So when we play those acoustics together, the tone is just incredible. And do you each have multiple guitars from them? Or is it we've got the one and only one that we need and, and those are the ones that we love? Well, if I could have every guitar they made, I would. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a musician on a budget. <laughs> we have electrics as well as acoustics. Ah, okay. okay. As, uh, electrics as well. And when you talk about going out on the road, and, and I'm thinking because we're talking about the equipment that you have to lug around with you, are all these Rhythm Rampage shows all just the two of you, or does it ever become a full band situation? Oh, yeah. We've been playing out with a full band. We can play an acoustic venue if it's the right thing for us, you know, and just do a nice two-guitar show. But our full band's been really great. When we played out in Colorado for that festival, our full band was booked to play another show. Uh And so we... We went on to Craigslist and found local Colorado musicians for that. Wow. Don't get murdered. <laughs> <laughs> and it worked out great. We practiced with them. We had we sent all the music to them in MP3s and charts, everything charted for them. And then we got together at Rocket Space. is a really cool practice studio in Denver. I highly, highly recommend it if you're in Colorado Go rent a room at Rocket Space. It's just cool. It's fun. You meet other musicians once again, the friendships. And we just ran through the set, you know, with them. We ran through it twice, two days of practice. And, and then we went and did it. And we just did got that show. We were so lucky. They were just exactly who we needed. It was a perfect thing. We had great chemistry. We got an upright bass and a really cool drummer. It's laid under the fireworks. (laughs) Okay, but full disclosure, how many, I don't want to say weirdos, but how many people did you have to pass on that contacted you through Craigslist before you did settle on these that you're talking about? We didn't have any trouble. Um, It it really just worked out for us. Um, Looked at people who were also already like, oh, I'm a bass player if you need me. And we contacted the bass players and we could see their videos and a lot of it was a fast and furious gig, so a lot of people were already booked two months out before our gig. Uh, and we okay. found a, a really great bass player who had recently relocated to Denver from Austin, Texas, and he was just fabulous. And then we found our drummer. And okay. just it all worked within a week. We had everybody, and they were chill. It was no drama. We couldn't ask mm. for better. Yeah, that's yeah. tremendous. It's- when there's a lot of videos and you you can kind of tell it's the same person and uh, the social media accounts checking out the different accounts okay Mm -hmm. okay so so a lot of it you're able to kind of do your own due diligence online instead of having to make phone calls or waste time meeting someone face to face or actually have them come in for an audition you're able to kind of narrow it down just by looking at videos yeah we watched past performance videos so the band that you normally play with 
How did you ever assemble those folks to begin with? The music conferences, we just met people. Um, it's been really amazing how much people will help you and recommend their friends. Wow. Well, because, you know, I know that we talked about this on episode 25, but when you're moving from one new city to another new city to another new city, and you're someone who performs music regularly, you do all of a sudden say, all right, we do need to get a band set up fairly quickly because, yes, the two of us will perform as an acoustic duo any day of the week, but we're going to have some opportunities come up that we don't want to pass on. And so now that we're in California, we need to find a band. Am I right? And another example of just musicians coming together, we played a benefit concert for pediatric cancer for the Forever Nine Foundation. And it was in Anaheim at a really big event center called the M3 Live Event Center. And we just hung out in the green room and talked to all the other musicians. It was a country benefit concert. So every musician was a country artist. Uh. And we just to all the guys and girls there in the green room. Right. They shared producers we could work with. They shared studios we could record with. Recommended people, venues. People who were looking for right. to join bands. People who would play with us. It's been incredibly inclusive and welcoming. Yeah. yeah, if you would see me shaking my head over here, that's so encouraging. It's so refreshing to hear that, and I'm so happy. And I also really admire that the two of you really have not limited yourselves in terms of geography. What I mean by that is you started off, as you said, in Northern California with your dad moving up to the Bay Area and ended up now living in the greater Los Angeles area, as I like to call it, yet you also went down to Anaheim to play an event there. So I think your open-mindedness has, has probably helped you because you haven't put any limitations in terms of geographical borders on yourselves. Yeah. And when we moved to a new state, we always play the surrounding states as well. So when we were in Colorado, we played Kansas. We got to experience New Mexico. We tried to branch off. Ah, okay. That's a great strategy. And and it goes back to building up those fans and then knowing that we always have a place to go back to if, if we can. Or someone who will buy you a free meal <laughs> after the gig, especially early on. That was really amazing when somebody's like, hey, that was a good show. Let me buy you a meal. <laughs> or knowing that you can go to Florida and stay with your friend Bruce and that you can save on save on a room for one night, right? <laughs> right on. <laughs> Listeners, I am joined today by Rhythm Rampage singers, songwriters, guitar players, Britta and Brooke Dodgen. Visit their official website at rhythmrampage.com. Once you are there, among other content, you will see icons for their social media. They are on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram. Be sure to keep up with them online to see where and when you can go see them perform live. And of course, do purchase their music. That is one of the best ways to show your support for them. One of the ways that you can support this show is through our Patreon campaign. I want to clarify that it is at whatever amount you choose, whatever you feel you can afford, whether that's five bucks a month, 25 bucks a month, whatever. If you feel you're getting something out of this show week in and week out, whether it's pure entertainment value or lessons, information, insights from me and my guests, I'd ask you to check out patreon.com slash NHTE or just go to our website NHTE.net and click on the button there that says support us on Patreon. Ladies, since I mentioned YouTube in there, I want you to clarify for the listeners 
about what looks like a gap in time on your channel, but in fact, you had more videos up there of your original songs, not covers, but you had to take them down. Explain that because it's yet another teaching moment in terms of some of the inner workings of the music business. All right. So the management company requested that we take down a few of the songs that they were interested in releasing. So a few things that we had recorded for the EP or rewritten for the EP, um, we were they asked us to take down some we of the originals. Set to private. Uh, okay. Yeah. And, you know, I don't know if I've ever really brought this up before, but we've all heard those of us in the music industry about how some people are so afraid to go up, let's say, especially in Nashville, I've heard people there being afraid to go on stage and play an original song for fear of someone stealing it because they say, I'm going to wait until I get the copyright on it first. And I don't want to put it exactly in the same category, but it sounds like the management company was being safe and saying, take those videos down. You know, we're, we're in process right now. We're working with them and better safe than sorry. Am, am I right? Yes, yeah. very much so. Do you have an opinion either way on that whole fear of performing a song for fear that someone might steal it topic? We've had several yeah. songs stolen. You have? Yeah. You <laughs> have. The radio. We, we've heard. We've met some people before and played our songs for them. And then we hear a song on the radio and go, no, did he write that song? And then we're like, oh, man, no. it just, just, it's just a territory. You just got to be where oh, I can write something else. I can keep yeah. going. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Well, hats off to you for taking that attitude, because I think some people would either shut it down or they'd go on a legal rampage or, or both. And say, you know, I'm not going to do music anymore, but boy, I'm sure going to go after that person. Eh, what's the use? <laughs> <laughs> Dolly Parton always talks about that, that, you know, she had that song stolen. And then she went and told him, like, I know what you did. But then she had to just move on and, and, just and have out. a career. Wow. Wow. You mentioned performing at the House of Blues in Anaheim. Again, small world in that I was there in January while I was out there for the Winter NAM show. I know that's a popular venue that lots of performers would love to get booked at. How did you manage to get in there to play? Oh, man, I don't have a good answer for you. They uh -oh. contacted us. Really? We've started to get enough of a buzz where the venues are asking us. No, that is a good answer. That's an exciting answer. Yeah, it was uh, incredible for us. We were just like, yeah, wow. Thrilled. Yeah. Wow. Is there is there stage fright playing at a, at a house of blues that you've been invited to and feeling all kinds of pressure? Excitement. Pure excitement. It's just a blast. The setup is amazing. It's, it's a gorgeous room, and the people are wonderful. Everybody's ready to have a good time. And you just feed off the good energy. Yeah, and that's a case of where, as the two of you pointed out before, for people that think that country music doesn't belong in California, obviously the House of Blues contacted you. They knew what they were getting, so they know who to market it to. They know how to market it. So, again, there was a, there was a crowd waiting there for you. Yeah. It was incredible. It was packed. Standing room only. I love it. I love it. I'm curious, as you are releasing new music, as you've got a song going to radio, as you're out playing shows, are you still writing all this time, or are you always writing, or is it, we're just too busy right now, or, or we don't need anything new right now, or what? Always writing. You never know when the um, next best idea you've 
ever had is going to come up. It could be in the middle of the night. I wake up and I write something down or I record something, you know, just to remember always coming up with concepts and writing and rewriting. Yeah, we have some songs on hold for some films and TV placements. So we're constantly writing because as much opportunity as you can get. Wow, that's exciting. That's exciting. Uh, We're going to close today with a song of yours called Let Me Be The One. Before we let you go, tell the listeners all about this song, please. We know that it now has a very special place, but uh, take the listeners inside this song. We first wrote this song when we were teenagers. It's about a relationship I was in at 18, and it really was inspired by that second verse in this song where in a movie, that soundtrack will just kind of lift and everything will be okay and change. And so that was how we started the song. So clarify for me then what we're about to hear. Is this the way that the song was originally written or because you said that they heard it and they asked you, like, we want you to write in a certain vibe. So did you change the song at all? Or was it the way that we originally wrote it way back then? That's what they were drawn to. And it was the other songs that we had to write to the way that they the way that they heard it on the management company was from a recording we did in 2015 and that just stayed as is okay okay so we hadn't released it yet it had only been trying to get it to opportunities and was the 2015 recording close to the way it had originally been written when you were i think you said 13 i was in my late teens because it was about that relationship at the time, and Brooke, Brooke's three years younger than me. Mm-hmm. Um, we've rewritten that one. We okay. had an earlier version, and then we took it to a co-writing session. Ah. Some new and got, concepts. Got some new perspective on it, and just really fell in love with the song. Yeah. So then how does that part work? Because it sounds like, correct me if I'm wrong, it sounds like what you're saying is the version that's being released for radio is the co-write version. And so now... There's a there's a happy co-writer out there somewhere. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's um, a producer we co-write with. Ah, okay. Okay. Well, ladies, thank you ever so much. It's great to talk to you both again. Congratulations one more time on the song Going to Radio. All the best with that. We'll all certainly be watching to see how that does and then where that leads to. And uh, exciting to hear, too, that, that there's some song holds for potential TV and radio placement. We'll have to all keep up with Rhythm Rampage online to see these continued developments. Thank you so much for having us, Bruce. Um, Check out our Facebook and our website every so often in the next few weeks and months because we'll let you know when Guitar Getaway is coming out, when it's going to hit right there. Awesome. Listeners, that will do it for this week's episode of Now Hear This Entertainment. My sincere thanks to Britta and Brooke Dodgen. They are Rhythm Rampage. Check them out online at their official website, rhythmrampage.com. We will have a link to it on the show page for this episode at nhte.net. And then engage with them on social media once you get to their website. So that means like their Facebook page, follow them on Twitter and Instagram, subscribe to their YouTube channel, and then watch and like the videos on there. For that matter, tell them that you heard them and their music on Now Hear This Entertainment. Heck, go back and listen to their first interview on this show on episode 25 as the Redheads We will have a link to that and the other past episodes that I mentioned all on the show page for this episode at nhte.net. Keep up with Rhythm Rampage online so you can see where and when you can go see them perform live. If you are listening to this in time and will be in Nashville during CMA Fest, remember that you can go meet Britta and Brooke on June 9th and 10th 
and of course, do purchase their music as well. As I mentioned before, I would be most grateful for your consideration of our Patreon campaign. If you feel like you're getting something out of Now Hear This Entertainment, go take a look at that and decide what level you would be comfortable giving at, and then you'll see the corresponding thank you gifts. Just go to patreon.com nhte, or go to our website, nhte.net, and click on the Support Us on Patreon button. Thanks ever so much for listening. We'll send you out with another song from Rhythm Rampage. This is the one they just talked about. It's called Let Me Be the One. When I see you, I want you near me. You're so close, yeah, so far away. When I need you to surround me, there's always someone in the way. And I know Yo